Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody. My name is Neil White, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. This is our monthly Q&A show where Graham answers questions from our socios who support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. They get early access to everything that we do. They get extra content from Graham. They help us put these Q&A shows together. Graham is in Barcelona. Graham, before we get into it, I want to say sorry to our socios who sent in a ton of great questions last week at a point in history when it seemed odds on that uh, Leo Messi would be leaving Barcelona and probably heading to Manchester City. We were just about to record uh, when Graham. I think you're the. I think you're the wrong. You're the wrong person to be apologising. Bartomeu, who should have, uh, he should have been presidential for once in his life. Instead of referring people to the 700 million uh, euro buyout clause, he should have. He should have allowed the greatest footballer that Barcelona will ever see to depart to City in a negotiated deal. He should have come out of it um, looking bold, presidential, um, clearing some of the outlay, 100 million euros, um, over the next year. He should have taken some money from City, who were who were posturing and saying, no, we're only taking him free. But I don't believe that to be the case. Um, when, when a genius is 33, you, you want him at 33, not at 34. And, and Bartomeu screwed us and our wonderful, erudite, smart, and often quite sexy socios by uh, bollocksing the whole deal. For now, though, let's focus on Messi. And we're actually going to start the questions with one from our sponsors at Bet365 because they sent one in that I think sets the table quite nicely for everything else. Their question is, how much will this saga have affected Messi's mindset ahead of the new season? Is there a danger that his head won't be in it for Barcelona? Which is kind of like a vague phrase, but I think a lot of people are wondering about um, Messi's psychology when he joins that training camp. I guess even the psychology of his teammates looking at him and knowing what's just taken place over the last couple of weeks. Um, it's an immensely difficult question if because there are so many uh, layers to it. So the, the first thing to say is that Messi isn't somebody who will subconsciously dial in performances or dial in training. He is innately competitive. He has to be on the ball, he has to be scoring, his team has to be winning in training. The, one of the great regrets of uh, my lifespan here at Football Club Barcelona is that when I began it, you could see training and now you can't. And to have been a witness to Messi in training during his career at Football Club Barcelona would have been um, excelsior. It would have been joyful and uh, so much of what's written about Messi across the world would have been better informed. But I'm now completely comfortable having spoken to a sufficient number of players who have played with him that as much that as much as he's a genius and as much as he's a decent person, good person in many aspects, he's a tough person. And boo hoo if you can't 
cut it. But, you know, Messi is hard, um, rock hard in his personality in some aspects. And, and that includes uh, needing to win every day. And I hope it's clear enough to people that, that Messi is a beastly competitor. So I don't think in answer to our sponsors, Bet365 has said that he's going to turn up and, and, and shuffle around and kind of work to rule on the training pitch or in matches. But, and, and I think that, the, that there are several buts. First of all, I'm not making a prediction and I'm not claiming to have inside news. But I personally won't take it that Messi is a Barcelona player for the remainder of the season until the market closes. He's staying against his will. He was devastated. Anybody who hasn't not just read the English text, or listen, there are a lot of Spanish speakers listening, but if, if you speak a different language and you haven't read the Messi text um, of his interview with Goal.com, then do. But above all, try and watch it. And the body language tells you that he's extremely unhappy about how he's been treated. Now, I, I don't know what socios think. I don't know what you think, Neil. Maybe they think contract's a contract, tough shit, little man. My view is that I believe that he's been telling Bartomeu all season that he wants to go. I believe that he thought that they could still go free. I've spoken, since we last recorded, I, I think I didn't include this in my last, I've spoken to somebody who spent, um, how would I put it, extended social time with uh, Messi just before the Napoli match, uh, where they played so well at the camp now, eliminated Napoli, and qualified to go to the final stage in Lisbon. And at that stage, it, it, was a, it was a topic of conversation between this guy, my friend, Suarez and Messi, about leaving or not leaving. And at that stage, Messi's mindset was, flip, this has been my, my club, this has been my life, I don't know if I, if I can leave, do, do I really want it that much? I mean, this was his mindset, it was like, my, my people are working on it. City want me. He knew that then. Um, in fact, he's known that for 10 years. And that's not an exaggeration. There's been 10 years of a campaign that we talked about in the audio columns I did. But he was talking in a way which was erased by the red mist of being so uncompetitive against Bayern Munich. Erased by... Um, being told by his entourage that he could, he was going to be able to leave. Enraged by the way Bartomeu went back on, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about this at the end of the season. And that red hot fire burned for a while and then burned out at the point where he was told the only way that you're going to get out is either somebody stumping up 700 million or you go to court. And I, I respect Messi for saying the one thing I won't do is take this club to court. Although he did in 2008-9 when he wanted to go and play the Olympics. But in this instance, he said, no, I, I, I admire that and I like that. And I'm using all this information to say that it is entirely feasible that if Bartomeu looks at the accounts and says, OK, I won the, I won the big, big, big war. I showed who his boss. But now if I can get City to come in and buy him, I can get out of this by saying, I've seen how unhappy it is. he is. We proved our point. We made him stay. But I'm going to help him. I think the fans want this. Blah, blah, blah. I, let's wait and see. They've got a, the, the people who are trying to get a censure motion 
against Bartomeu have got a week to collect about 7,500 signatures. So there are many things that will happen to change the president's mindset. But while I, I am not dealing in inside information about watch out, a transfer is still coming, the market closes in about a month and Messi doesn't want to stay. He's staying because he has to. So one, uh, Bet365, I am still attentive to the idea that the president of the board might say, listen, this is, this is something where we can win a watch, we can turn a situation around, we can appear to be gracious, we can take some money, we can take a couple of players, we'll make City treat with us uh, and we'll solve it that way. It, 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 it could happen. If it doesn't happen, then hypothetically, where I see the problems is not, as, as, as Bet365 asked, like Messi turning up, sullenly wandering around, acting like an arse. Where I see the problems is his temper. Bearing a grudge that he was lied to in his mind, and I believe him. Not enjoying Koeman. I think that, that there are that these are two extraordinarily hard-headed men. Okay, so it's, this, this is a follow-up from another socio. Ian, Ian Boddy wanted to know exactly this, and you're right, it does tie into questions about Messi's psychology, you know, if he's playing for Barcelona in the new season, which is the dynamic between the two of them. Messi, Koeman, not everybody listening to this is, is going to know what square one is for these two. So how is it going to play out? What's your understanding of the early relationship there? It's a, no, 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 none, because they, they, they have none at the moment. They have, they've had one chat. On the day that we're recording, Messi has had one training session where he trained on his own uh, because he hadn't taken the COVID test and the results weren't back. So um, at the moment, everybody is dealing in supposition. And we need to be clear about that. I, I won't sell you uh, fish and tell you that it's meat. I'd like to believe that a man who was great and who brought greatness to Football Club Barcelona could be flexible enough and intelligent enough to adapt to coaching the greatest player he's ever taught. I'd like to believe that Koeman would be ambitious enough to think that perhaps he could get enough right with Messi in the side to win a trophy that he can suppress his naturally dogmatic bullishness. But I don't think that's the case. I don't want it to happen, but I have got no doubts that if he sees Messi um, treating other players in a way he doesn't like, if he sees Messi disobeying tactical instructions in, in training sessions, never mind matches, if he see, if Messi loses his temper, which he is, which is a defining characteristic, he can explode, get hot, really. I mean, he nearly came to punches with Lucho, when in you know in that in the in, in January fifteen, <clears throat> just before they went and lost to Real Sociedad, David Moyes' Real Sociedad one nil um, at Anoeta. Never mind what happened subsequently with him missing training and Xavi having to say to him come back and make the peace. It was nearly fists. Luis Enrique and um, Messi. Now, Luis Enrique might fly off the handle more than Koeman does, but Koeman, in his own sense, is capable of dropping Messi, leaving Messi out, telling the board, I'm not using him until he changes his attitude. These things are within Koeman's armory. I hope it doesn't come to it, and I'm not outright predicting it, but in order to avoid that kind of confrontation, Koeman has to change. And Messi won't. And the tough shit is when you're nearly 60 or whatever Koeman is and when you're a coach and when you take the job in this situation, it's incumbent on you to change. And he, he took the job from a board um, 
who I, I, I have been inept recently in their managerial decisions went to sack Valverde, um, appointed Kiki Setien, um, trying severally for Xavi and being rejected. And therefore, when they settled on Koeman, um, he knew the situation he was getting into. So if he subsequently says, well, I'm not really very happy with with how messy is, well, you knew, you knew. So um, Messi and Koeman, I, I, I'd love to think that there was something approaching mutual respect and harmony, but I worry about that prospect. And Ian's further question about um, Koeman and Barcelona and Neil is that you and I... Um, um, know that in our interview with Virgil van Dijk I used my um, my point of view which I held sincerely and I still hold that when I saw him at, at, at Celtic I thought he was capable of stepping into Barcelona's first team there and then van Dijk and you know, defending at Liverpool in the Premier League and under Klopp is slightly different but my, my perspective was that he could still have stepped straight into Liverpool's team and and first coped and then excelled and if you remember when we were in um, uh, Lausanne uh, I think it was last summer he said no I needed the step up that Southampton um, was for me and he said I benefited from Ronald Koeman and if you remember and this I think adds weight to what I'm talking about Koeman and Messi Van Dijk said I felt bullied I felt picked on I was the one who was doing exercises better than others, yet I was the one who was being held up for ridicule. Ridicule. I was the one who could never do everything right, and it made me mad, and by the time I finished at Southampton, he'd made me a better player. I recognised the contribution he's made to my defending. I was more ready for Liverpool after Koeman. So, you know, it's not backhanded praise, but it was hard-fought improvement. It was, it was um, a difficult experience. Now, Van Dijk wanted to change, wanted to learn, was dealing in the same language with his countrymen and, and knew coming down the line for longer than it, took, than it should have taken, he was getting a move to Liverpool. And Messi's completely different from that. So what I, what I say is that, and, and again, because um, I'm very friendly with uh, Rob Moore, who, who brought Benny McCarthy and Stephen Pienaar to Ajax from Ajax Cape Town, you know, for a very long time, I... I got access to knowledge about Koeman, the coach. And I watched him, and I've spoken to him a few times and listened to him. And uh, he is an extreme, still an extremely good technical teacher for younger footballers. So I think that there are some in the Barcelona squad who are going to benefit and who are going to learn. And I loved what Koeman said. Just, I mean, it's, it's frightening how obvious this is. But he said, you know, um, in January 19, the spine of the Barcelona team is wrong and needs renewing. Um, they're too old, they're too slow. And if, you, if this position isn't right, then the position in front of him can't be right and blah, blah, blah. One, that was an evident point. It's something I've talked about here, written in my ESPN columns over and over again. So I'm not saying I, I, I'm right simply because he's vindicated it. I'm saying I was right from the start. And how is it that it's taken into Koeman for somebody of influence to say that at Football Club Barcelona? And that tells you about the dearth of football intelligence above him. Anyway, he's also um, pointed out they bought, um, before I arrived, they bought Griezmann and played him in the wrong position. They bought De Jong and played him in the wrong position. Something on which I've been chuntering on all season. So, to answer Ian's question, should Koeman bring... Um, 
benefits to the squad and the team, yes. Certain players will grow. Certain players won't enjoy it. I, I could easily see him falling out with Alba and Piquet and Busquets and, and Messi. Easily. And as was proven at Valencia, I could easily see him going, this is my line. There's my line. And you're out. Mid-season. Not, not out in the transfer market. You're in the stands. And, and that, is, uh, that is any manager's prerogative. But it's a, a, an extra stormy sea that Football Club Barcelona isn't um, equipped to cope with at the moment. So I, I, I imagine that it's possible that the deeply complex situation that Koeman is inheriting may press the wrong buttons in his makeup, and therefore this might be a marriage which is which could have been beautiful had it been made at the right time, but might now be doomed to. At minimum, a lot of counselling, if not outright failure. And I'll finish by saying that I think that um, if the if the changes are going to include um, bringing in Depay, where there was Suarez, then for my money, that's not good enough. Simply not good enough. It just I, I don't imagine it working. I don't imagine Depay uh, sitting well with the other members of the squad. And I think that given the way that Suarez um, performs um, in a more athletic Barcelona team with players in the right position, my opinion is that Suarez should be maintained. But this is a presidential edict that Suarez must go. It's a president saying, I've, I've had too long where Messi and Suarez have ruled the training ground. And therefore, um, I'm splitting them up and, and sending Suarez to the back of the classroom. We've all lived through this. You know, when a teacher does that and everybody laughs at him and it doesn't work anyway and he has to repent. And getting rid of Suarez simply because he's less athletically good and he's a very, very... Maybe he's the dominant force in, in the player group. I think he probably is the dominant force. Um, I think it's a big error that they're getting rid of him uh, and therefore... Um, Ian, I think Koeman's imprint will be evident and on balance across the season ahead, I think it won't be enough. Okay, we're going to take a quick break now and then we're back with a a couple more questions about Barcelona and Messi as we try to unpick a horribly messy situation. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
Welcome back, everybody. Okay, we're going to have a quick one now from Alan Ingalls. So, show Alan, thank you very much for this question. I think it might be the first one that you've sent in. Alan says, Messi stays one more season, which I think is uh, a hypothetical at this point from Alan. City signed him in May, but one big question, he's a year older and is he then past his best? Graham, when we started this um, episode of the podcast, you did allude briefly to the difference between 33-year-old Leo Messi and 34-year-old Leo Messi. What what kind of a, a sort of um, a line in his in his form have you tracked? Do you see any decline or any change adaptation as he gets older? And what do you think, in answer to Alan's question, um, City or anybody else would be getting next summer as opposed to this? Yeah, back Neil. It's nice to hear from you, Alan. Um, listen, without being pedantic, I, th- I think we need to be honest and say that both of you, both you and Alan, have said the right things. He's, he's past his best. Of course, he's past his best. Because his best was, you know, transcendental. His best was around, you know, 2009, 10, 11, somewhere around there. And that's true of every footballer, that they'll reach a peak probably somewhere in their mid to late 20s. Um, so, and, and yeah, I'd be, I'd be, you know, hypocritical if I didn't admit, Alan, I don't know if you watch La Liga television, but we have the great privilege, um, often on Tuesdays, but occasionally on other days in, in our Viva La Liga show, um, which you, you can still, you know, you can still see on La Liga television or with Premier free up until uh, the first of October, and it's an hour and a half revista style program. And I used the touchscreen on several occasions after after November because Messi last season began um, a little slowly, got injured, was out, came back, and was sensational. I mean, genuinely sensational up until about the time he won the Ballon d'Or award. And I don't know exactly what happened from November going forwards but yeah statistically I, I, I looked at dozens and dozens of his runs his decision making and last season he had his pocket picked far far more regularly he also was thwarted or robbed of possession by far far more average footballers he made different decisions about when to release the ball when not to and there were demonstrably clear uh, pieces of evidence across the season that his game was suffering. I take it, Alan, to be a subconscious drop because his mind was distracted and by his own evidence, he was at that stage already telling Bartomeu that he wanted to leave. That said, he was the single biggest influence in Barcelona being alive in the title race until the second last game. He made or scored, like direct assist or scored, I think 57 goals uh, last season. In a deeply declining team, again, just like the, 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 the Barcelona horror show at Anfield where Messi played one of his great matches, um, to judge him on those things alone, given the context of who was around him, how hard they were working, who else was pressing, how quickly the ball was recuperated, all these kind of things. Um, the absence of Suarez injured, a, a mountain of things contributed to what we saw from Messi last season when he still gave the team 57 goals in total. So I, 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 my opinion, Alan, is that um, when if his head is right, and injuries respect him to a normal degree, 
I've got no doubt that this is a footballer who can still be startlingly good for another three or four years. And that, therefore, all I would answer is clearly if City get an asset like him in a, in a fast-paced league, age 34 instead of 33, then that's a bigger gap, a much bigger gap than whether you get him age 25 or 26. You knew that already. I think your expression of what past is best means is, is it still a worthwhile operation? I think City... One, think it's uh, good for their worldwide profile. Two, I think that uh, the owners are obsessed. From about, I would calculate, about eight or nine months after they took over, they have bombarded not just Barcelona, but Messi's entourage, but specifically Jorge Messi, saying, and I've used this in the audio column, so I won't over-elaborate it. How, what can we do to make sure that when he leaves Barcelona, if that ever happens, he comes to us? All owners' obsessions often override. Is the is the is that wish still valid? Should we go through with it? You know that president, owners, and presidents sometimes go. That's what that's the guy we have to have. So the last thing I want to leave you with, Alan, is that if we've learned anything about Messi, or we're to limit it to two things: one, he is at or around the best footballer ever, and two, his obsession above and beyond the day-to-day obsession of winning is that he lifts either Copa America or World Cup or both for his country and that he adds another Champions League. That drives him. It drives him more than... The only thing that's more important to him than that would be his wife and his three kids upon whom he dotes. It sounds obvious, but we all know people who don't feel that way. So that's the order of priority for him. It goes family... It goes World Cup, Copa, Copa America, Champions League. And they drive him. They drive him as an outright obsession. If he's in a place, um, either this market, Christmas market, is, I suppose, is an incredible prospect. I, I, I don't even want to think about what that does to Barcelona if, he, if, they, if they're forced to sell in mid-season. But, or next summer, he is driving towards being in whatever peak condition is for Messi, age 33, 34, for the Copa America, which Argentina co-hosts next summer, and then the World Cup in Qatar, where somehow or other he wants to lift a trophy. So, Alan, I think that if, if this season leaves Messi um, uninjured and, and still a vital force, then yes, he completes his move to City. And yes, at 34, I believe it'll still be, I still believe it'll be a startling experience for the Premier League and for Manchester City. Would it be better for all parties if it was happening now? (laughs) Yes, it would. Okay, we heard a bit from Ian Boddy before the break, um, but he asked an interesting question about um, La Masia and what the talent stock is like in that legendary system to feed the Barca team if as expected, we are about to see um, a period of renewal uh, at the club. So the last two questions kind of both connect to this idea. I want to start just with your assessment of the young talent at Football Club Barcelona and whether or not there's potential there to bring in that sort of degree of organic change that we've seen happen at Barcelona before. The, the first thing to say is that whatever is going to happen in a year's time um, when election, presidential elections are guaranteed and I hope and think that Victor Font will win and become new president and he'll try to bring Xavi and if he succeeds, fantastic. Um, but I don't believe that the catalytic effect that took place 
um, either uh, when Rijkaard took over in 2003 or when Pep took over in 2008 can, can be replicated. That's because the scale of talent that La Masia was producing then was, I, I think, literally unprecedented and character. It happened that there was a group of people coming through La Masia then um, under Rijkaard and subsequently under Pep, if you think about Pedro and Busquets, um, joining Valdez and, 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 and Piquet and, and Puyol and Xavi and Iniesta and so on, who were r- remorseless, really, truly dedicated, hungry, aggressive winners. Uh, you saw that at Spain level, you saw that at uh, Barcelona level, and it wasn't just about talent. From what I'm able to learn about Barca B in particular and the Juvenil, I, I think that there are different types of characters, and society has changed so much. I don't, I don't believe that there's going to be anything like the influx of, wow, look at this homebred talent. Next, the mismanagement of talent has been such that, for example, they're in a, a situation a little bit akin to, to Piquet, and eventually says, in Boston, I think, will buy Eric Garcia back. They should have maintained him, they should have kept him, they should have made people like him happy so that he didn't leave. I think it's probably going to cost them somewhere between 25 and 30 million to bring Garcia back from from Manchester City. So there's going to be, I think, some degree of repatriation going on. But finally, I I go back to, I'm sorry, socios, to have to use the same point again, but I, I, I fundamentally disagree with the way that this board and the previous board under Rosé has handled youth development. La Masia is the place where the kids stay. And it's really just opened again this week after at least three, maybe four months of being closed because of the pandemic. Um, But what we're really talking about here is not La Masia, we're talking about football basi, youth football, development football at Football Club Barcelona. And there has been change after change in terms of how they recruit, change after change in terms of who the coaches are. There's been a, a, a corrosive and consistent attitude that the basic Cruyff principles which led to particularly in selection of youngsters and then training that led to the great year that Football Club Barcelona has that's been eroded so they haven't deliberately tried to sign bad players there's been an overall attitude of I've got a friend I want to put in charge of this from the board or let's try and do it our way so that we can claim credit for having done it a different way which leaves us with the fact that right now there was a meeting this week between in my opinion, a man who shouldn't be in the job, Ramon Planes, who's technical director, who succeeded Eric Abidal, who succeeded Robert, who succeeded Zubizarreta. It, it goes on and on and on. Planes shouldn't be in the job. So Pep Segura, who was, from my money, was disastrous. Disastrous. And the meeting this week was about a handful of kids and signings that were you know, brought in at a very young age, Wagway, Tolibo, Monchu. There's a whole clutch of six or seven kids that they're going to try and get rid of because they're so short of money and they need to generate cash. So, you know, a, a way to answer that question about Football Bassi and La Masia is that there's going to be, before August, uh, pardon me, October the 5th when the market closes, a sort of an outflux of, of kids who probably... Carlos Perez at Roma was eminently good enough to stay and do a job at Football Club Barcelona and he was pushed out and an intermediary that had nothing to do with him was involved in the move. What's that about? Alenia is probably going to be sold or loaned again. There isn't a culture either to provide absolute excellence in the upbringing of the 
cadets in, in the youth system. And there isn't our culture to say, even though Kuhlman is there, these youngsters must stay no matter what because they'll only prove if they're good enough or not by playing in the first team. The upside of all of this is that Ricky Pooch will get a first team contract. He'll be treated as a first team and Ricky Pooch will be taught well by Kuhlman and will probably improve. I hope that guy called Collado will get first team experience and I'm certain he'll improve. There's a, an organising midfielder in the junior system called Ilax and I think there's a possibility that he can be, he can certainly be a La Liga footballer and maybe a football club boss on it. Conrad de la Fuente, an American striker, looks at minimum interesting. There are there are players throughout the juvenile, which is the level just under Barca B and in Barca B, who've got possibilities. But for, for my money, Monchu is one of them, and it looks like he's going to be pushed out of the club. As I see, Carlos Perez at Roma was one of them pushed out of the club. So to give you any kind of real, genuine, constructed optimism about how the youth talents that they've got at the moment will will be used or how well those youth talents have been brought up for example Pep Seguro said um, I, we don't really need uh, Taki Kubo who we're going to mention later on in this podcast and, and that was a piece of nonsense Taki Kubo looks an extraordinary footballer so the, the basis of my answer I'm sorry is a little bit pessimistic but then Ansu is different because Ansu is a standout candidate in any era and I don't think we need to talk about him in terms of who's still to come through from uh, Football Basset or although they nearly mishandled him and he nearly left and it took the Messi family intervening and negotiating on his behalf to, to, to keep him at the club at the time when he was breaking through and Sue is a special case apart but those who have made the cut will I think probably can be made they may not enjoy the experience but can be made better footballers because of the presence of Ronald Koeman okay a related question to close from Daniel Hanna Daniel thank you very much for sending this one in and I guess it's on a very specific piece of recruitment and one piece of uh of exporting that they did a wee while back. Why is it Barcelona aren't doing everything they can to bring Thiago back to the club? He's absolutely everything Barcelona needs, says Daniel, and at 30 million, it seems bonkers not to bring him back. The La Masia slash Football Basse philosophy and vision are ingrained in him. Has it even been mooted on the radar? Yes, um, because there was the possibility of him leaving Bayern Munich, and because no deal was done, has been done quickly with Liverpool. It has definitely been discussed. I find it bizarre that he was treated so badly and allowed to go. There were various different contractual clauses and muddle-ups and he is a footballer who could have stamped his authority all over Barcelona during the years when he's been successful despite injuries at at, at FC Bayern Munich. He looks to be um, right now in his plenitude in terms of skills his pace hasn't changed, uh, and it, it, in a team where you're asked to turn and chase back, Thiago is not your main asset. He's an exceptionally gifted footballer. He, he's a terrifically professional, and he's a hard-nosed character. I like him very much indeed. His his the the, the thing that's disappointing is that as part of the uh, you know the, the the dealings with Juventus that took Artur away, they've taken Pjanic in. Kuman intends to play four two three one. Thiago, in theory, um, needs to play in the two, not in the three. The three will be populated by people like Ansu and um, Dembele and Griezmann and, and Messi. And, and there's a superfluity um, super of candidates for the line of three behind the one. 
uh, the one in theory is going to be Depay, which, you know, I just think they, if they can't get Lautaro, which they don't have the money for. And therefore, <clears throat> what you need to look at is that, you know, in, in, the, two, in, the, in the two position, there's um, already Pjanic, Busquets and De Jong at minimum. And I think they believe that a 30-year-old on good wages from Bayern Munich is something that Koeman is certainly saying, although they're different players, that he wants Vijnaldum instead of Thiago. Now, Marcelogini Vijnaldum has been effervescent and interesting at, at Liverpool, an important player, adding energy and bite and the occasional goal. Um, I, I would say that Thiago's a better footballer. So the... the the underwhelming reaction to Thiago mm. from just about the moment at which he broke through here and was a part of that team that built to Wembley in 2011 is, is, remains bewildering to me. Daniel, I'd love to have a, 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 a clear answer to you, but I don't think that Barcelona have a clear perspective on Thiago. I'd, I'd be deeply enthused if he was coming back and, back and playing next to De Jong and alternating with Busquets. Um, in that midfield, he's somebody who, when I was on the plane dotting around uh, one of the tournaments recently with Spain, Thiago was absolutely umbilically tied to Busquets and Alba and Iniesta. He, he felt still a Barca man. And it would be a lovely finale to his career if he could come back and impose himself at the club where he developed. But at the moment, I think it's slightly odds against. And I think the odds have gone further against because Koeman's in charge. Okay, that's where we're going to leave things Barcelona and Leo Messi. We're going to be back very, very soon with another Q&A show which will focus on the La Liga season in general. So thank you once again to all the socios who sent in their questions. Thank you very much for listening and thanks to you, Graham Hunter. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns